Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. On today's episode, I am so excited to sit down with Eva Westerling and we are going to chat about how she knew that she wanted to leave her home country of Germany, what she did in order to ensure that she was set up for success when leaving Germany, and how she has now found a home abroad and started an amazing adventure company business from her new hub. She is the owner of the blog Not Scared of the Jet Lag and Berber Adventure Tours, which is her adventure tour company in her new home, which we are going to get to very soon on the podcast. Eva is a former radiologist and healthcare consultant, and she now lives in the deserts in Morocco, and she is blogging and starting her business in tourism with her adventure tour company. Eva, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Eva, for being on the show today. I am so excited to dive into a bunch of different nomadic and expat topics that we have to talk about today. But first, I would like to kick it off with why did you pack up and leave your old lifestyle behind? Yeah, well, that is a very big question, really. <laughs> so um, I went on a desert hiking trip in Oman in 2016 and kind of had a bit of a life crisis when I came back from there I felt like I need to change my life I was working as a global healthcare consulting at the time traveling loads and um wasn't really happy with that like I mean it was fun but at the same time super exhausting I had sleeping problems from constant jet lags and even previously working night shifts in the hospital and I just felt like I need to change my life. I want to get out of Germany. I want to get, like, I want to live abroad no matter where. I want to go somewhere and do something else. And then, yeah, I just started saving money and I started my travel blog, mostly to practice how to have a travel blog uh, while I was still working and getting money and, you know, not worrying about anything really. Uh, but I think the main reason was that I've, yeah, for years, I haven't really felt that happy in in that regular life. You know, I've I had been single forever. I I have great friends, but none of them lived where I lived. <laughs> they they are all over Germany or all over the world, pretty much, but none of them lived where I lived. So nothing was really holding me there. And leaving Germany was just like the ne next logic step, kind of. When I when I decided to quit and, and actually go in the beginning of 2019. So I'm curious, did you feel like you wanted a more international lifestyle? You wanted more from your life? Or was it more of, I think this could be a good next step to leave Germany, but I'm not really sure how it's going to go. You know, I always have Germany as a backup plan. Like, what was your thought process? Because I know for me leaving Canada... I always knew I wasn't aligned with the lifestyle in Canada. I didn't want the house, the 2.5 kids, the dog. Like, I didn't want that. So for me, leaving Canada was the logical step. Um. So, yeah, I I think it was kind of both. I mean, I, I knew I didn't want to have, like, the be married or whatever. I mean, I'm but at that time, I was already nearing 40 <laughs> like you know and I was single I didn't I knew I didn't want kids 
Um, I never bought an apartment or a house or anything. So because I always wanted to have the option to just pack up and go, even if it was just for a time. And um, I had done that before. After high school, I went to live in the U.S. as an au pair for a year. And after university, I went to Australia for a working holiday year. And I, yeah, it, it was just time again to pack up and go and do something. And in the beginning, my plan was just to travel and maybe, you know, start blogging a bit more seriously. But at the same time, I already knew I didn't love it and I'm not enough of a workaholic to really put the time in to make that my main income stream. Um, but I did have enough money saved to not worry about it for a long time. And even now, I'm still living off my savings. I'm still not worried about money. I mean, I'm kind of getting to the point where I need to start worrying a bit about it. But, you know... Um, I had a I had a good uh, amount of money in my bank account and that made it pretty easy and also um, gave me the opportunity to really think about what I want to do. You know, like I didn't have to rush into decisions. I didn't have to hurry up and figure it out. Um, so in the beginning, I just drifted for a bit, like traveled around, saw places and then... Um, yeah, I met my partner here in Morocco and that kind of made the decision for me on where to go. And with that came the what to do. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's really interesting because, of course, you know, you kind of travel around. You thankfully found somewhere beautiful to settle. And then it's like, OK, what do I do here? So <laughs> can you explain a little bit about any businesses that you had when you first started out? I know you mentioned you started with blogging and then what that has turned into today and what your business and your passion is today. Okay, so I still have the blog and I still uh, work on it, on it occasionally, let's say. I mean, I don't put that many hours in at the moment, but um, so it has a big focus on Morocco, I think at least. Uh, and in Germany, I, I post bilingual, so it's in English and in German and uh, for the German keywords, it ranks really high. I think it has the most content on any German blog about Morocco. So, um, but I'm not making huge amounts of money with it because I don't, I don't, you know, write about like what to buy or like I'm not an Amazon affiliate because I absolutely despise Amazon. So I'm not getting into that. I have a few like links to hotels to book where I get a bit of money from <laughs> but you know or some tours but it doesn't make huge amounts maybe in the future we will see um and yeah so um I met my partner actually on a hiking trip so we were hiking for 16 days with an Australian lady who had organized that trip and um I really loved it like the the hiking in the desert is super special it's this combination of having the beautiful nature around you that is so quiet like there's no sound except for maybe the flies that you find everywhere no matter how far away from things you get and um and the digital detox you know like not having access to the outside world or in in what form whatsoever for more than two weeks was just fantastic no news no messages just living in the moment and I had never been that relaxed in my whole life you know it was super special and while I was on that trip I already thought 
I wish I could make this accessible to more people because I think so many people need this. They just don't know because it doesn't really exist. You know, there are not many tour operators who even offer this kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, when I went to Morocco and got together with my partner, we were kind of talking about this, if, there, if we should try to make this into a business. And um, so I had a few friends coming over in October 2019, and we went on a hiking trip with them, and they absolutely loved it. And um, so we decided to actually put this together as a business. I built a website for it and then Corona hit. So of course everything was kind of um, flat out, uh, yeah, not happening uh, basically <clears throat> for two years because Morocco kept the borders closed for long uh, amounts of time, especially over the winters when it's the season for hiking here. And uh, so, really, we started this uh, in yeah autumn this year. So just a few months ago, we we went ahead with that business and had a small group of people come from Germany for a hiking trip in uh, November. So that was pretty cool, and they also loved it. It was great. We had such a good time with them, and um, yeah, now that the borders actually stayed open so far knock on wood um we're hoping for a good season next winter with a few more trips um where we, and also next winter we will launch our the second part of our business um basically which is an idea i had together with a friend of mine um who is a coach and wanted to organize uh, yeah breath work and meditation workshop in the desert and asked me if we can organize that for her or if we can do this together um and that kind of started the idea of that of that business so um we our idea is to offer the complete logistic logistical part of organizing retreats workshops even tours, like if you're a photographer and you want to do a photo tour in Morocco or you're an influencer and want to do a trip with your followers or something, we could put together the whole trip um, or like for yoga teachers, meditation, mindfulness. Uh, the desert is amazing for this kind of thing. I, I don't know if you've ever been to a desert, but the desert is so special and it really makes you... I don't know, connect with yourself. For some people, it's super emotional. Like some people come into the desert and they sit down and they cry because it touches them, you know? So I think for for those groups of people, it's the perfect place to, to come, you know? So um, yeah, and living here, um, we have the resources to organize all of this while when you're out of country it's super hard and if you haven't traveled extensively you don't even know what you're looking for and what you want and so my partner is from here he knows the desert inside and out and he's worked all over morocco so he has connections he knows every every part of the country and i mean i have traveled extensively too so most of the places i by now also know and with my experience of my former life, I'm good with spreadsheets. I know how to plan uh, workshops. I know what's necessary. I know what people are looking for. I know how to calculate prices and, you know, 
plan ahead and and then stick to it and not do it the Moroccan way of being late and <laughs> you know oh we will see inshallah things will work out that's not how I roll <laughs> I'm very German when it comes to that <laughs> but I think um, having my Moroccan partner is a good combination you know because we can offer both like we can actually show the true Moroccan spirit but you know make sure things work out the way the client would expect <laughs> yeah make sure the business aspect of it is run on time <laughs> I like that it sounds like you two are a good um good partners in what you do so now I'm sure that this is you know starting a business from zero especially a tour business in the desert is probably pretty time intensive so how do you manage a work-life balance to stay sane as a nomad um well actually because most of the workload in terms of building the websites and you know drafting all the spreadsheets and everything we need happened during the corona lockdowns where i didn't have anything else to do and i there was no time pressure i could just take all the time in the world to think about it and talk to people and get you know feedback from friends and all these kind of things so i feel like i'm pretty well set up by now that you know it's it's not gonna be that much work at one time that being said of course like i said before our season is fairly short we we cannot hold, hold any retreats in the desert in in the summer it's just way too hot here we could offer things on the coast but i think that would be a second step like in at the moment we would focus on the on the season from maybe middle of September until end of March or early April. So again, that's the that would be the intensive time when we're running uh, things. But most of that work would be done by my partner, while my work mostly happens in terms of preparation, communication and everything, which I assume will happen more in the, in the month before leading up to that so once people are on the ground things just have to run <laughs> so um uh, so yeah i think there will be a balance and i mean the summer part the whole you know working online communicating whatever i can do from anywhere so i can still go home for the summer to germany or travel spend a few weeks in italy or in morocco on the coast or whatever um, because that part can be done from anywhere which makes me really happy <laughs> so yeah that's really amazing um, yeah, exactly. So I think, um, I mean, we will see when it really does get busy, but at the moment, I feel like um, I can keep this the workload kind of stretched out enough to not make me over overworked and burned out <laughs> too quickly. So it sounds like one thing, and maybe you've intentionally done it or maybe not due to the pandemic, but it sounds like being prepared beforehand, before anything even starts, is something that is really important to you to really be able to succeed. Like, for example, when you mentioned you went traveling and left Germany, but you had the backup funds in your bank account, you had that already prepared, similar to you had the time during COVID to really prepare for this business. And then once COVID kind of allowed Morocco to be open again, 
than you were mostly, and I know we can never fully be prepared in a business, but you were mostly prepared for kind of what you were anticipating once guests actually came on tour. Yes, um, I love planning. And like even before, when I went on holidays, the, the second best part of traveling was always preparing for it. You know, like I love just gathering information and reading about things and doing my research and planning and like being really super excited about what's happening. And it's kind of what I do now with the business. Yeah, I sit down and I do my research and I look what other people are doing and, you know, get ideas and and implement them. And it's super fun. And then yeah, the other fun part is, of course, when the people are here and we're doing trips. And um, but yeah, I have to say, I really enjoy the prepping. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because I am the exact same way. I love to plan. I love to know things ahead of time. I'm a very type A person, as I describe it. Um, and I think a lot of other expats and nomads who I've spoken to are the same. Now, of course, not everybody, but I think it is a really important feature when wanting to become an expat and leave your home country, become nomadic, travel the world you really need to plan things ahead of time and you need to know where am I getting my money from and what am I going to do and what's my plan? And I think that a lot of us are the planners who like to kind of know it all and I like my day to go by schedule. But then it's tricky because the whole purpose of traveling and exploring new places and cultures is sometimes things don't go to plan. So we kind of have to be flexible in that sense, knowing that the lifestyle that we have chosen kind of doesn't always allow for that. Yes, that's very true. And Morocco is one of those countries that will teach you that <laughs> because things here more often than not don't go according to plan in terms of things are not available. It's just it's just not there or, you know, like things are running late. You cannot, although I I've taken the trains late, uh, a few times in the last month and they were surprisingly on time compared to German trains, which you would think would run on time, but are so late um, so often. So, but yeah, I, um, that's one thing I really learned, like while living in Morocco is to let go a little bit of all that, you know, strict, like sticking to the, to the schedule and everything, always have a plan B. But again, I plan for that. I always have my plan B and my plan C. And I, you know, like I'm, I'm not leaving that to chance. I will have all those, but, um, but I know they will happen. I know things will not go as I planned, but just thinking about that before makes me super calm because I will just need to re react. I don't have to panic because there will be a plan in the back of my head of what we will do in that case. Um, but yeah, it's funny. I, I, I am super compartmentalizing those things. Like when I go home to Germany and the bus is two minutes late, I get super annoyed. While here, I walk to the taxi station and I have to wait until there's six people in the taxi before we go. And that could be anything between 10 minutes and two hours. And that doesn't bother me anymore. I'll just bring a book or sit in the cafe and already pay and tell them to pick me up there or whatever, you know, and, um, but that took time and, but it's a good lesson to learn. I think it's, it's uh, very important to be able to go with the flow and relax and just take it as it comes and not get super upset about things like that. <laughs> 
Yeah, I completely agree. You know, and you saying that it reminds me when I first arrived to China like five years ago, and I was so used of the Canadian bureaucracy, you know, Western bureaucracy way of doing things that things just happen in a natural order that makes sense. And so I was like, okay, this makes sense. You know, I would think every other country would have a similar structure. And then I get to China and oh my gosh, the bureaucracy there from banks to government to really like anything, you name it. It was going from A to D to E to C to B. And I was just like, this makes no sense. Why is this process structured like this? But you're right. It really does make you just have to be like, you know, I don't own China. This is not my country. I have to just go with the flow and it's a new experience. Whatever happens, happens. Yes. <laughs> So I would love to talk to you also about your solo travel. You have done quite a bit of solo travel as a nomad, as an expat. Um, so I would love to hear what you have found that you really love about solo travel. I feel like it can be very intimidating to some people, um, maybe to many people, and also as a female solo traveling. I know, you know, there are definitely sometimes hindrances that we have to endure as female solo traveling and safety. So I would love um, if you could talk a little bit more about that, because I think solo travel is something that, especially in the last few years, is something that's increasingly popular and of interest. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. Um, so I love solo travel because really, to be honest, because I'm a selfish person and I want to do what I want to do, you know, like I want, I don't want to have to discuss where we're going and what we will eat and when we will eat. When I'm hungry, I want to sit down and eat something and I don't want to have to discuss how much that is allowed in the store, you know, whatever. I just, I, I love the freedom of it. I can just go with other people. I, I can meet other people. And actually, like the trips I take in solo, I've been alone the least. It's crazy, but like I spent, I think, 19 days and nights in Vietnam on my on one of the bigger solo trips that I've taken um, in like 2010 or something. And I think I've eaten a dinner alone by myself twice because I wanted to, because I was kind of tired of because I wanted to be alone and enjoy a bit of peace and quiet because you just meet people everywhere. <coughs> Excuse me. And yeah, I just, I really love the freedom of it. And the, you know, the fact that I can plan everything if I want to, but I can just change my plans at any time. And I do. Like, I don't really pre-book anything, but I will find out everything I can. My research will be intense. I will have, I do not make spreadsheets for traveling. I'm like, that's taking it too far. But I will have read everything and I might have a list of blogs in my phone saved that I can look at for the best restaurants and some sites and some off the beaten path things. And, you know, and then I will just go and randomly meet someone in a hostel who says hey you want to go to the next city over and we found this really cool place to stay and la 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 and i'm like okay yeah screw my plans let's go <laughs> you know if i was traveling with someone i would have to make those decisions together i would have to have a discussion and most of the time i wouldn't even meet those people who suggest things like that because when you're traveling with a friend or with a partner you tend to just together and do things together and other people will not 
reach out to you because you already have someone and yeah so i don't know i i guess in a way i'm lucky because i've always been super extroverted and one of my if people ask me about my hobbies one of my biggest hobbies is actually to meet people like i love meeting people and even if it's just for a day you know i i met a girl in athens in my hostel four or five years ago uh, who was much younger than me and i just asked her like i'm going to the acropolis today you want to come and she said oh i've already been but yeah actually i would love to go again so we set out to the acropolis and then we spent the whole day together we had so much fun and it was totally clear we will never meet each other again but it was one of the best days of that summer just because you know we just had so much to talk about and it was super fun and yeah i it's always easy for me to to like approach people and i do understand that you know there's lots of introverts that are scared who've never traveled alone who who feel like they will be alone the whole trip and i keep telling people you will not because there's always someone like me who will come to you and say hey you look lonely you want to hang out <laughs> you know and i think that does happen almost all the time like you have to really try to be alone when you travel alone so yeah i hope people will embrace it more and go for it and because it's great and you learn so much about yourself and you can have so much fun and enjoy it so much like i said because you can do what you want you don't have to compromise on anything if you don't want to um what was the other part of your question uh, oh the dangers of yeah um so again knocking on wood i've never had any remotely dangerous situation happening to me but i'm i don't know i always feel like home is just as dangerous and i'm not talking about walking into the slums in i don't know rio de janeiro or something all by yourself right but in like traveling all over europe is like going out in my own hometown there's no difference places are not more dangerous there are of course dangerous places that i wouldn't walk around alone at night but they also exist in the places i studied in the places i used to work where i grew up as a child there's no difference so traveling doesn't make that more dangerous than just living my life at home so you just use you, you know your normal alarm system and do what you would do at home you know if you if you have to walk alone at night call someone on your phone or you know reach out to some somebody local like in your hostel or something if they can send somebody to pick you up or even just stay on the phone with you or whatever but i've never had that happening i don't know i'm just yeah i i do talk to strangers <laughs> you know a lot especially when i'm traveling i i will talk to anyone and everyone so and i've mostly had good experiences of course there's the usual scams like if you walk around in the medina in fez or marrakesh they will try to trick you to go into the wrong direction until you feel like you're super lost and it's getting dangerous and then they want your money so you can choose to either yell at them and try to find your own way back or you give them i don't know 10 euros and they will bring you back but that's not really unsafe that's just super annoying because no matter what they will not do anything to you you know like 
people here are not like that. I'm not seriously scared when stuff like that happens. It's, it just annoys me. And I have ways to avoid that. I always have a good app on my phone that works without connection that I can use to find my way. And, you know, I will let people know if I go somewhere hiking uh, in places where, you know, I might get lost or hurt or whatever. I will let the people I'm staying with the hostel or hotel or whatever know which area I will walk into and when I expect to be back so that in case something happened they could send somebody to find me um but you know I don't even give my parents or anyone my itinerary because most of the time I don't have an itinerary <laughs> so like I don't know I just rely on luck or fate you know if that, something is supposed to happen well then it's and there's nothing you can do. I could die in a car accident in Germany just as well as, I don't know, falling off a cliff in the mountains somewhere. So, yeah, I completely agree. And I like that you mentioned, um, you know, Germany can be just as unsafe as anywhere else in the world because when I travel, you know, we all have parents and friends back home in our home country who would like, oh no, I saw this on the news. You have to be careful. You're going close to here. You're going to this country. And it's just like, Yes, thank you for the precaution and for the heads up. But at the same time, there's places in Canada that are just as unsafe. There's places in Germany that I'm sure are just as unsafe. That is not unique to wherever I happen to be in the world. And I find as long as you are smart about it and you know kind of what your boundaries are, where you're going to go, where you're not going to go, maybe you don't walk at night or maybe, you know, whatever works for you and you follow that, I find that having those guidelines and boundaries set up beforehand is what's really the most important. Yes, I agree. And like I said, mostly they are the same that the same ones that I use at home. You know, it's it doesn't change that much. And perception of dangerous is really interesting. Like you said, people at home see things on the news. I once went on a work trip to Kurdistan in Iraq and everybody was like are you crazy that's a war zone why are you going there like that's that's super dangerous and my colleague who had been there before said ah, they don't even give you a armored car anymore you know like you can just hire a normal driver I'm like okay sounds fine and I went there and it, I mean other than having like the metal detectors when you walk into the hotel or something it just felt super safe. It was super normal. I mean, people lived there all the time. There were no, there wasn't a war in that sense going on. You know, like Kurdistan, the ISIS had left already. There, there wasn't anything bad going on. Um, I walked around the the old part of the city all by myself. I did sightseeing. I went into the souk. People were curious. Of course, I got looked at because they don't have tourists. And some people started talking to me, asked questions, and it was super nice. I had such a good time. And I didn't feel in danger whatsoever at all. And just because in the news, yeah, you see something about war or about um, terror attacks or whatever, and you don't differentiate exactly where that is and who that happens to. and if that's really danger to you. And at the same time, a lot of my colleagues had, wanted to go up for a project to Israel. And I thought, well, that's actually a war zone. Like there's rockets exploding all the time and there's shootings on the streets. And like, 
that's where I would say, no, thank you. I'm staying home. <laughs> so it, it's really interesting how, how people perceive danger. And yeah, most places that a lot of people find dangerous, I just find really interesting. And I meet the kindest, nicest people there. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, the typical quote unquote dangerous places, they it's it's really more hype and more news. And you do meet the nicest people there who will invite you into your home, into their home for dinner or for lunch and who help you on the street. And those are really the places that sometimes mean the most to you when you're traveling. So thank you for sharing that. So my last question for you is, what is one thing that you have learned within your nomadic journey? that really stands out to you? That is such a tough question. There's so um, much. Especially to find the one thing I've learned, because I'm sure there's a ton of things I've I've learned. I think maybe that I can really rely on myself. You know, like there's so many things that are happening that I have to take care of and I have to fix. And there's nobody I can delegate things to because it's my business and I am kind of all alone. Of course, I have my partner, but, um, you know, like still, I cannot just call the IT department or <laughs> something. Um, so I I think mostly that, that, you know, I am so capable of so many things if I have to. And that, you know, you just grow and learn and um if you need to have a good cry about it you just call your friends at home and they will understand because some of them have been in similar situations and um but yeah i think i think that's probably my biggest learning when it comes to the nomadic business journey that you know i can do a lot more than i think that's a great one i completely agree with that you know sometimes i feel so overwhelmed and i'm like I have to book this bus and this plane and this travel and I have client work and I have to do this. And it's just, it's a lot, but you have to trust it yourself and know that you can rely on yourself. And I think that also comes down for me to my time management and how productive I can be. And really just knowing like, I trust myself, this is all going to get done in its own time. Yes. So thank you, Eva, for being on the show today and for sharing so much of your journey and what you have learned along the way within your nomadic journey. I really appreciate you being on and thank you. What an amazing episode. I hope you have been inspired by Eva. If you have been thinking about wanting to leave your home country, knowing that you are aligned somewhere else in another place in the world, or maybe just not in your country where you happen to be from, this is the episode to tell you, you do not know what the heck could happen. Do it. Do what your heart desires. And if worse comes to worst, then you can always go back home and start from zero again. Eva has created two amazing businesses, her blogging business, Not Scared of the Jet Lag, and her adventure tour business, Berber Adventure Tours. And she is such a powerhouse knowing exactly what she wants to do and just going for it. I hope this episode inspired you to do the same. As always, feel free to reach out to me, Nomad Neeks. My links are below, as are Eva's for both of her businesses and to connect with her. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next week on the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast.